now, hey now, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a brand new special breaking edition of Over the Line. Andrew McLean here with you, and we are exclusively live on Twitch at this very moment. First time we've ever done this, but uh, we wanted to give it a try. With everything going on right now, we felt it was vitally important to come to you guys live as... Things happen in, in in breakneck speed. Now, if you're watching this video on the backside, if you're watching this on on Facebook or YouTube, or you're listening to the audio, make sure you're going over to Twitch.tv and then look up OTL Show. That's where you're going to find us, uh, and also all of our other social media platforms. We're only on Twitch. One of the big reasons is we're currently on a 30-day suspension from going live on Facebook. Obviously, the YouTube channel was taken down, and now we're left with uh, very few options. But here we are. We're going to try this Twitch thing out, see what happens, help us spread the word. Now, just a quick breakdown, and I'm sure you guys know this already. Absolute chaos in Afghanistan. Absolute, utter chaos. We have had 12 of our servicemen killed. So 13 killed, I think 12 Marines and a medic killed in Afghanistan at the hands of what seems to be ISIS-K, which is a faction of the regular ISIS. Now, this is getting confusing for a lot of people, and I understand that. Uh, but this is all a direct result from the policies and the strategies of Joe Biden and Joe Biden's administration. If you watched yesterday's episode, you saw us break down the press conferences that went all throughout the day yesterday and were absolutely um, baffling, to say the least. I, th I think the, the analogy I put was it felt like I was kicked in the nuts as I was watching those. So uh, we thought that was bad. We thought it was bad that our government seemed to be acknowledging the Taliban as the official government of Afghanistan that they were trusting the Taliban with our security. People were saying, well, you know, when our last guys leave out of there, like, who's watching their back? Uh, we're working with the Taliban. The Taliban's got our back. We made an agreement with them. You know, we're sharing information and sharing intelligence, and, and they're, they're, they're going to they're gonna help us out. Our safety depended on the Taliban, and that dependence seemed to... Uh, really show itself today because the way that we had our checkpoints set up okay now keep in mind I'm trying to I'm trying to explain all this as quick as I can because we're waiting on Joe Biden to come out and speak for the first time since this has happened it's been six hours at this point by the way the way this was set up you've got the the airport in Kabul correct this is where we're trying to get everybody out absolute chaos it ensues because everybody wants to get out of the country now that the Taliban is running the show, which we allowed that to happen. We had trusted the Taliban to screen people as they came to the airport. We trusted them to make sure the people coming to the airport were not terrorists. We're not bad actors. So they're shaking them down, patting them down, trying to figure out who they are, X, Y, and Z. And then they move on to another set of security, which is run by us. And then we double-check before we let them onto the airfield to then 
load on a plane and head back to the U.S. These include Americans, Afghans that have helped Americans, and then Afghan refugees, for all we know. Well, since we place so much trust in the Taliban and making sure we had some sort of security, they allowed people to go through that then set off bombs, suicide bombers. One guy came through, suicide vest, got to the, 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 the American checkpoint at the Kabul airport and set off his vest, killing so many people, including 12 Marines and a, a military vet, uh, a, a military medic, if you will. And I don't know what to say about it. Here, what I was going to do today on today's show was talk about what veterans are going through right now. And little did I know that it was about to get much, much worse for these people. We know... Those of us that are civilians, we we know. I don't. I, I don't want to say we understand it, but we know about PTSD. We know that veterans who have fought uh, in combat in wars, especially overseas, they suffer from PTSD because of some of the things that they've seen. They've they've literally, if they haven't been maimed themselves, they've watched their brothers be maimed and even killed. That's enough to put anybody in the crazy house. These people go to these wars, go in these wars for us on our behalf, and then they come back and depend on us because we tell them we're going to be here for you to help them stay level-headed. But they still deal with these things. And now you've put them in a situation where so many of them have been a part of this 20-year war And they are watching their country wave the white flag. And in the midst of waving the white flag, allowing more and more servicemen to be killed. All the while leaving fellow Americans in the hands of the Taliban and other terrorist organizations. What do you think that does to them? It was really highlighted for me as I came across a TikTok and... It was a veteran talking about this very thing and about how these Americans are about to be left behind. And the guy who, I don't know any details about him other than he's a veteran, he was squalling. He was crying his eyes out over the fact that the Biden administration has done this to Americans. He is screaming at his phone as he's recording this TikTok, screaming, Joe Biden, you're a coward. I can't help but think that those are the feelings of Everyone who has served, especially in this particular war, as they watch this all kind of go down. Also, you got to think and feel for the families of the 12 Marines that were murdered because we trusted the Taliban with our security. You got to think about the thousands of families across the country who know that their son or their daughter or their cousin or their brother had been deployed. Maybe they don't even know if they've been deployed to Afghanistan or not. And now they're sitting there waiting on a phone call 
or waiting on somebody to pull up in the driveway to, to break the news to them, news that they've been scared to death of since the moment their loved one enlisted in the military. That's what's going on in this country right now. And over the past few episodes, we talked about the blood of whatever was to come being on Joe Biden's hands. Little did we know it would be the blood of 12 Marines that is now in the hands of Joe Biden. I knew we were going to suffer consequences for this withdrawal. And I knew it was going to be pretty bad. But I'll be honest, I didn't expect this at least this quick. It is absolutely sickening what we're seeing. Again, if you're watching this on the backside, if you're watching the recorded version of this uh, this show, uh, I'll apologize because we're probably going to do some interacting with those that do join the Twitch stream. But again, twitch.tv, look up OTL Show, all one word, at OTL Show. Make sure you've added that and you're subscribed to that channel uh, or you're following that channel because we are trying to transition to a phase of the show where we, in fact, uh, are doing the shows live, maybe three lives a week or something of the sort. And uh, we feel like that's going to provide you guys some better content. We can be a little more relaxed. Maybe I can even do less show prep. And I can just talk about what's on the top of my head. Uh, The biggest reason for going live at this time, I wanted to play you guys uh, the comments from Joe Biden. And as I'm looking through his... um, through his Facebook feed. Let me just point this out real quick. Look look at this right here. This was the last update. Now, uh, there's multiple, multiple statuses a day posted on Joe Biden's Facebook, on all of his social media. This was the last one eight hours ago, well before this happened. From 3 a.m. Eastern on 8.25 to 3 a.m. Eastern on 8.26, a total of approximately 13,400 people were evacuated from Afghanistan. 17 U.S. military flights evacuated approximately 5,100 people, and 74 coalition aircraft evacuated approximately 8,300 people from Kabul. Giving you the stats on who they've evacuated. But notice, that's the last post. Absolutely nothing about what we're seeing in Kabul right now. Nothing at all. It should make you nauseous. And now, and now the president was supposed to speak at 4 o'clock central time. Here it is, 4.13, and he's nowhere to be found. There is no sign of Joe Biden. And who's to say he's even going to come out? I I wouldn't be surprised that we get word of yet another bomb going off and that keeping Joe Biden from hitting the podium. Could you imagine? I I mean, first off, you do have to think that those getting Joe Biden ready, preparing him for his press conference that may or may not happen any moment, 
You would think that those people are in a painting. This is, in eight short months, the most consequential press conference that Joe Biden is going to be holding. Possibly that he'll hold during his entire presidency. If his presidency makes it throughout the end of the week. Who knows? But imagine being the people on Team Biden trying to prepare him to go out here and face not just the country, but the world. We went from embarrassed, being what we felt was the laughing stock of the entire world, as we abandoned our allies and the Afghans that have been there for us for 20 years, to now being tragically devastated at the news that we were losing Americans. The guys that went over there to serve that are dead as a direct result of Joe Biden's policies. This is the deadliest day for our military in over a decade. In over 10 years. It's been 10 years since we've had 12 or more Marines killed. In a 24-hour period. We haven't had any service people killed in a year and a half. So we decide we're going to leave a war that we've been engaged in for, for 20 years. And we have the deadliest day in a decade? Leaving a war... Conceding a war is not supposed to result in more lives lost. We were leaving because we didn't want to lose any more lives. That's what we were told. But instead, we lost more lives than we've lost in a decade. I I don't know. I, I can't imagine how anyone could not be calling for Joe Biden's resignation right now. I just can't, I can't fathom it. And we're not talking about a governor resigning. We're not talking about Andrew Cuomo with sexual harassment. We're talking about the president. It's a big deal for the president to resign from office. Was the only time in our lifetimes that that's ever happened is Richard Nixon. And he was obviously caught doing some illegal stuff. But this seemed to organically happen as a result of these policies. And there should be no time for investigations and commissions. For hearings in Congress. We can do that later. Joe Biden must resign right now. Right now. Now, there's no need to waste, no, no, no time to waste. And again, still no sign of Joe Biden at the podium. I'm going to pull up a live feed real quick. And uh, again, 
just to update you guys, this is going to be a little bit different of a show from what we're used to because I am I'm doing this live. Let's see here. Now also, programming note, we will have a live tomorrow as well. It'll be the Friday Night Live. And it's the reason I wanted to go ahead and do it this way is because Twitch will be the only place to get the Friday Night Live tomorrow night. So if you're watching this video, twitch.tv, OTL show is the name of the account. You need to make sure you're added to that if you want to be part of the um, part of the live stream. And we'll post that on Patreon as well for those of you on Patreon in case you need that information. Speaking of which, let me go ahead and put that out there since this is an official show. Patreon.com slash Andrew McLean, who is the way to contribute to the show. You can just mosey on over there, make a donation. You can do it monthly or you can do a one-time deal, however you decide to do it. And uh, you'll get some perks like some behind-the-scenes footage and and other things that we don't post everywhere else just as a thank you for donating to the show also vapor forge out on 280 make sure you go check those guys out who are big supporters of this show highway 280 uh, 4673 highway 280 east in birmingham 8749010 is the number 205-874-9010 go see them tell them you appreciate them supporting the show and if you go by there Tell them you heard it on over the line. That is going to be the most, most important part. I'm I'm keeping up with it. The the images coming out of Afghanistan too, absolutely uh, traumatizing. I'm looking at them now, and they're wheeling people out of these um, SUVs, ambulances, if you will. Women and children. Think about I want you to think about the scenario when this bomb goes off. The, the one in particular, because there's been up to four bombs go off so far. The women and children involved in this as well. We've watched over the past few days what's been transpiring in Kabul at that airport. A mad rush of people, sea of humanity, all around that air, airport, hoping to get in in order to get on a flight and just get up out of there. Because life is about to get real tough for anybody that lives in Afghanistan, especially if you are a woman. That sea of humanity, and probably an abundant number of women and children, looking to get out of there so they aren't brutally murdered. All standing in a big group, trying to be processed by our Marines. And then a guy comes up and sends off an explosive. Twelve is the only number we have right now. Twelve of our guys. There's no telling how many other Afghans have been maimed or killed or other Americans. Just because... 12 is the number of servicemen that we have. That doesn't mean that's all of them. All of the Americans. It doesn't even mean it's all of the servicemen. This is tough. This is tough. I just... 
I knew this presidency would be a disaster. There was part of me that hoped we would have a situation where where Biden was so incapacitated that nothing really got done. And sometimes that's what we need as a country. We need somebody to come into office and just leave it alone. But Biden is surrounded by power-hungry people. People like Barack Obama. People like Susan Rice. Nancy Pelosi. These are, these are the people that are pulling the strings. I, I used to have this mindset where I would say, you know, uh, Joe Biden, I feel bad for him. I don't hate the guy. I just, I feel bad for him because he's being abused. And I still believe he's being abused. He's being taken advantage of. But I can't feel bad for him anymore. No matter how progressed your early stages of, of dementia are, you, you still know right from wrong. And you know this is wrong. As far as what Joe Biden's going to say during this speech, I can't tell you. I don't know, but I can guess. I was talking to somebody earlier, and they said, you know what, this is probably going to be Joe Biden's way of getting back into war, start, starting a whole new war. And I think the right thing to do would to be reinstate peace through strength by going in there, saying, Taliban, out. You got 24 hours to get up out of here. After that, no matter what terrorist group you're a part of, you're going to be taken out. And if we got to drop a Moab on this whole place, we'll do it. Unfortunately, I don't think that's what he's going to say. Unfortunately, he's probably going to come out here and double down on what the plan has been all along. The same plan that killed 12 Marines today. And that is a withdrawal of our troops and Americans by August 31st. They'll never get the Americans out. Americans will be left behind. If Biden is sticking to, to August 31st, Americans will be left behind. People within the administration or the Democrat Party have come out saying that it's these Americans' fault. It's their fault. That they're still there. Not blaming the policies. Not blaming the incompetence on the part of the White House and the generals. But blaming everyone else. I just, I can't believe it. Seems we have Joe Biden now. Seriously. He had also wounded... A number of civilians and civilians were killed as well. I've been engaged all day in constant contact with the military commanders here in Washington, the Pentagon, as well as in Afghanistan and uh, Doha. And uh, my commanders here in Washington in the field have been on this with great detail, and you've had a chance to speak to some so far. The situation on the ground is still evolving, and I'm constantly being updated. 
These American service members who gave their lives, it's an overused word, but it's totally appropriate here, were heroes. Heroes who've been engaged in a dangerous, selfless mission to save the lives of others. They're a part of an airlift, an evacuation effort unlike any scene in history, with more than 100,000 American citizens, American partners, Afghans who helped us, and others taken to safety in the last 11 days. Just in the last 12 hours or so, another 7,000 have gotten out. They were part of the bravest, most capable, the most selfless military on the face of the earth. And they're part of simply what I call the backbone of America. They're the spine of America, the best the country has to offer. Jill and I, our hearts ache, like I'm sure all of you do as well, for all those Afghan families who lost loved ones, including small children, or been wounded in this vicious attack. And we're outraged as well as heartbroken. <clears throat> Being the father of an Army major who served for a year in Iraq and before that was in Kosovo as a U.S. attorney for the better part of six months in the middle of a war. When he came home after a year in, a, in Iraq, was diagnosed, like many, many coming home, with an aggressive and lethal cancer of the brain. We lost. We have some sense, like many of you do, what the families of these brave heroes are feeling today. You get this feeling like you're being sucked into a black hole in the middle of your chest. There's no way out. My heart aches for you, but I know this. We have a continuing obligation, <clears throat> a sacred obligation to all of you, the families of those heroes. That obligation is not temporary. It lasts forever. The lives we lost today were lives given in the service of liberty, the service of security, and the service of others in the service of America. Like their fellow brothers and sisters in arms who died defending our vision and our values in the struggle against terrorism, of the fall on this day, they're part of a great and noble company of American heroes. To those who carried out this attack, as well as anyone who wishes America harm, know this. We will not forgive. We will not forget. We will hunt you down and make you pay. I will defend our interests and our people with every measure at my command. Over the past few weeks, <clears throat> I know you're, many of you are probably tired of hearing me say it. We've been made aware by our intelligence community that the ISIS-K, an arch enemy of the Taliban, people who were freed when both those prisons were opened, 
has been planning a complex set of attacks on the United States personnel and others. This is why, from the outset, I've repeatedly said this mission was extraordinarily dangerous and why I've been so determined to limit the duration of this mission. As General McKenzie said, this is why our mission was designed, this is the way it was designed to operate, operate under severe stress and attack. We've known that from the beginning. And as I've been in constant contact with our senior military leaders, and I mean constant, round the clock, and our commanders on the ground and throughout the day, they made it clear that we can and we must complete this mission, and we will. And that's what I've ordered them to do. We will not be deterred by terrorists. We will not let them stop our mission. We will continue the evacuation. I've also ordered my commanders to develop operational plans to strike ISIS-K assets, leadership, and facilities. We will respond with force and precision at our time, at the place we choose, in the moment of our choosing. Here's what you need to know. These ISIS terrorists will not win. We will rescue the Americans in there. We will get our Afghan allies out. And our mission will go on. America will not be intimidated. And I have the utmost confidence in our brave service members who continue to execute this mission with courage and honor to save lives and get Americans, our partners, our Afghan allies out of Afghanistan. Every day when I talk to our commanders, I ask them what they need. What more do they need, if anything, to get the job done? As they will tell you, I granted every request. I re reiterated them today on three occasions that they should take the maximum steps necessary to protect our forces on the ground in Kabul. And I also want to thank the Secretary of Defense and the military leadership of the Pentagon and all the commanders in the field. There has been complete unanimity from every commander on the objectives of this mission and the best way to achieve those objectives. Those who have served through the ages have drawn inspiration from the book of Isaiah, when the Lord says, whom shall I send? Who shall go for us? American military has been answering for a long time. Here I am, Lord, send me. Here I am, send me. Each one of these women and men of our armed forces are the heirs of that tradition of sacrifice, of volunteering to go in harm's way, to risk everything, not for glory, not for profit, but to defend what we love and the people we love. And I ask that you join me now in a moment of silence for all those in uniform and out, uniform, military and civilian, who have given the last full measure of devotion. Thank you. May God bless you all, and may God protect his troops and all those standing watch for America. We have so much to do. It's within our capacity to do it.
We just have to remain steadfast. Steadfast. We will complete our mission, and we will continue after our troops are withdrawn to find means by which we can find any American who wishes to get out of Afghanistan. We will find them, and we will get them out. Ladies and gentlemen, they gave me a list here. The first person I was instructed to call on was Kelly O'Donnell of NBC. <clears throat> you have said leaving Afghanistan is in the national interest of the United States. After today's attack, do you believe you will authorize additional forces to respond to that attack inside Afghanistan? And are you, are you prepared to add additional forces to protect those Americans who remain on the ground carrying out the evacuation operation? I've instructed the military, whatever they need, if they need additional force, I will grant it. But the military, from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs, the Joint Chiefs, the commanders in the field, have all contacted me one way or another, usually by letter, saying they subscribe to the mission as designed, to get as many people out as we can, within the time frame that is allotted. That is the best way they believe to get as many Americans out as possible and others. And with regard to finding, tracking down the ISIS leaders who ordered this, we have some reason to believe we know who they are, not certain. And we will find ways of our choosing without large military operations to get them. Wherever they are. Um, Trevor Reuters. Thank you, Mr. President. Um, there's been some criticism, uh, even from people in your party, about the dependence on the Taliban to secure the perimeter of the airport. Do you, do you feel like there was a, a mistake uh, made in that regard? No, I, I don't. Look, um, I think General McKenzie handled this question very well. The fact is that we're in a situation, we inherited a situation, particularly since, as we all know, that the Afghan military collapsed 11 days before in 11 days, that it is in the interest of, as McKenzie said, in the interest of the Taliban that, in fact, ISIS-K does not metastasize beyond what it is, number one. And number two, it's in their interest that we are able to leave on time, on target. As a consequence of that, the major things we've asked them, moving back the perimeter, giving more space between the wall, stopping vehicles from coming through, et cetera, searching people coming through, it is not what you'd call a tightly commanded, regimented, operation like the U.S. is, the military is. But 
they're acting in their interest, their interest. And so, by and large, and I've asked the same question to military on the ground, whether or not it's a useful exercise, no one trusts them. We're just counting on their self-interest to continue to generate their activities. And it's in their self-interest that we leave when we said and that we get as many people out as we can. Like I said, even in the midst of everything that happened today, over 7,000 people we've gotten out, over 5,000 Americans over. So uh, it's not a matter of trust. It's a matter of mutual self-interest. And uh, but there is no evidence thus far that I've been given as a consequence by any of our commanders in the field that there has been collusion between the Taliban and ISIS in carrying out what happened today, both in front of the hotel and what is expected to continue for uh, beyond today. Um, Amir, Associated Press. Thank you, Mr. President. You have spoken, um, again, powerfully about uh, your own son and the weight of these decisions. With that in mind, and also what you've said, um, that the longer we stay, the more likelihood that there would be a major attack. How do you weigh staying even one more day, considering what's happened? Because I think what America says matters. What we say we're going to do in the context in which we say we're going to do it, that we do it, unless something exceptional changes. There are additional American citizens. There are additional green card holders. There are additional personnel of our allies. There are additional SIV card holders. There are additional Afghans that have helped us. And there are additional groups of individuals that have been contacted us from women's groups to NGOs and others who have expressly indicated they want to get out and have gathered in certain circumstances in groups on buses and other means that still presents the opportunity for in the next several days, between now and the 31st, to be able to get them out. And our military, and I believe, to the extent that we can do that knowing the threat, knowing that we may very well have another attack, the military has concluded that's what we should do. I think they're right. I think they're correct. And after that, we're going to be in a uh, circumstance where there are, will be, I believe, numerous opportunities to continue to provide access for additional persons to get out of 
Afghanistan, either through means that we provide and or are provided through in cooperation with the Taliban. They're not good guys, the Taliban. I'm not suggesting that at all. But they have keen interest. As many of you have been reporting, they very much would like to figure out how to keep the airport open. They don't have the capacity to do it. They very much are trying to figure out whether or not they can uh, maintain what is the portion of an economy that has become not robust, but fundamentally different than it had been. And so there's a lot of reasons why they have reached out, not just to us, but to others, as to why it would be continued in their interest to get more of the personnel we want to get out, we can locate them. Now, there's not many left that we can assess that are, want to come out. There's some Americans we've identified, we've contacted the vast majority of them, not all of them, who don't want to leave because they have they're dual nationals, they have extended families, etc. And there's others who uh, are looking for the time. So that's why we continue. I'll take a few more questions, and uh, but you, sir. <laughs> I wanted to ask you, you, uh, you say that what America says matters. Um, What do you say to the Afghans who helped troops um, who may not be able to get out by August 31st? I say we're going to continue to to try to get you out. It matters. Look, I know of no conflict as a student of history, no conflict where when a war was ending, one side was able to guarantee that everyone they wanted to be extracted from that country would get out. And think about it, folks. I think it's important. For, I know the American people get this in their gut. There are, I would argue, millions of Afghani citizens who are not Taliban who did not actively cooperate with us as SIVs, who have given a chance, they'd be on board a plane tomorrow. It sounds ridiculous, but the vast majority of people in communities like that want to come to America, given a choice. So getting every single person out is can't be guaranteed by anybody because there's a determination all who wants to get out as well. At any rate, it's a process. I was really pointing to you, but you, sir. Um, thank you, Mr. President. There are reports that U.S. officials provided the Taliban with names of Americans and Afghan officials uh, to evacuate. Were you aware of that? Did that happen? And then, sir, did you personally reject a recommendation to hold or to recapture Bagram Air Force Base? Here's what I've done on the, let's ask this, answer the last question first. On the tactical questions of how to conduct an evacuation or a war, I gather up all the major military personnel that are in Afghanistan, the commanders, as well as the Pentagon. And I ask for their best military judgment 
what would be the most efficient way to accomplish the mission. They concluded, the military, that Bagram was not much value added, that it was much wiser to focus on Kabul. And so I followed that recommendation. With regard to, there are certain circumstances where we've gotten information, and quite frankly, sometimes from some of you, saying you know of such and such a group of people are trying to get out, and they're on a bus, they're moving from other people. And this is their location. And there have been occasions when our military has contacted their military counterparts in the Taliban and said, this, for example, this bus is coming through with X number of people on it, made up of the following group of people. We want you to let that bus or that group through. So yes, there have been occasions like that. And to the best of my knowledge, in those cases, the bulk of that has occurred, they've been let through. But I can't tell you with any certitude that there's actually been a list of names. I know there may have been, but I know of no circumstance. It doesn't mean it's not, it didn't exist. That here's the names of 12 people, they're coming, let them through. It could very well have happened. I'll take one more question. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take the one question from the most interesting guy that I know in the press. That's you. Mr. President, there had not been a U.S. service member killed in combat in Afghanistan since February of 2020. You set a deadline, you pulled troops out, you sent troops back in, and now 12 Marines are dead. You said the buck stops with you. Do you bear any responsibility for the way that things have unfolded in the last two weeks? I bear responsibility for fundamentally all that's happened of late. But here's the deal. You know, I wish you'd one day say these things, you know as well as I do that the former president made a deal with the Taliban that he would get all American forces out of Afghanistan by May 1. In return, the commitment was made, and that was a year before. In return, he was given a commitment that the Taliban would continue to attack others, but would not attack any American forces. Remember that? I'm, I'm being serious. I, no, I, I'm asking you a question. Be, uh, because before... No, 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 wait a minute. I'm asking you a question. Is that, is that accurate, the best of you or not? What? I think they have an issue that people are likely to get hurt. Some, as we've seen, have gotten killed, and that it is messy. The reason why, whether my friend will acknowledge it or has reported it, the reason why there were no attacks on Americans, as you said, from the date until I came into office, was because the commitment was made by President Trump, I will be out by May 1st. In the meantime, you agree not to attack any Americans. That was the deal. That's why no American was attacked. And you said, so, uh, a few days ago, you said you squarely said 
Yes, I do. Because look at it this way, folks. And I'm going to I have another meeting for real. But imagine where we'd be if I had indicated on May the 1st, I was not going to renegotiate a, a evacuation date. We were going to stay there. I'd have only one alternative pour thousands of more troops back into Afghanistan to fight a war that we had already won relative to why the reason we went in the first place. I have never been of the view that we should be sacrificing American lives to try to establish a democratic government in Afghanistan a country that has never once in its entire history been a united country and is made up, I don't mean this in a derogatory, made up of different tribes who have never, ever, ever gotten along with one another. And so, as I said before, and this is the last comment I'll make, we'll have more chance to talk about this, unfortunately, beyond, because we're not out yet. If Osama bin Laden, as well as al-Qaeda, had chosen to launch an attack when they left Saudi Arabia out of Yemen, would we have ever gone to Afghanistan? Even though the Taliban completely controlled Afghanistan at the time, would we have ever gone? I know it's not fair to ask you questions, it's rhetorical, but Raise your hand if you think we should have gone and given up thousands of lives and tens of thousands of wounded. Our interest in going was to prevent al-Qaeda from reemerging, first to get bin Laden, wipe out al-Qaeda in Afghanistan, prevent that from happening again. As I've said a hundred times, Terrorism is metastasized around the world. We have greater threats coming out of other countries, a heck of a lot closer to the United States. We don't have military encampments there. We don't keep people there. We have over the horizon capability to keep them from going after us. Ladies and gentlemen, it was time to end a 20-year war. Thank you so much. Wow. Just wow. I, I, several things I need to go over, but can, can, I, can I point out the fact that Joe Biden, towards the end of that, said he's got to wrap it up because he's got another meeting to go to. What in God's name could possibly be more important than speaking to the American people on this issue. What? What's what's more important than that? Whew. Okay, let me start from the top. The one thing that is most noticeable, even to those that don't really keep up with this stuff and is just wondering what's going on around the world, the absolute look of confusion, the state of not being there mentally, the look in Joe Biden's eyes 
is troubling to say the least. Joe Biden is not there. The lights are on and nobody's home. He's asked about the Taliban and if mistakes were made that resulted in 12 dead Marines. He said no, no mistakes were made by the Taliban. Even though from the reporting we have, we know that with two sets of two layers of security, the first one being the Taliban who let the bomber through and the second being the Marines that tragically lost their lives. He's given the Taliban a pass on that. He mentions inheriting this situation, which I'll get to in a moment. One of the most important parts of this is there has been no change in the August 31st timeline, according to Biden. No change. Knowing what we know, seeing what what happened today, knowing that you will never be able to get everyone out of there. You will never be able to get all the Americans out of there. He refuses to change the timeline. And why? There's no reason to even extend it a month, extend it a week. Refuses to extend the timeline and places that blame on the generals. So they think, they think it's best for us to, to do it within that time frame. The reason he gave... Because if we stick around, there'll be another terrorist attack. And we'll lose more men and women. We are actively, as the United States of America, running from the enemy. This isn't about ending a 20-year war. This is about being the country that everybody looks to when it hits the fan. And the world is watching the United States of America run away from their enemies. He says we'll get as many people out as we can. So we'll get as many people out as we can. Not we'll get everybody out that wants to get out of there. We will just get as many as we can by August 31st. That's code word for some of y'all ain't going to make it. The president just announced that we will, in fact, be leaving some Americans more than likely. He was asked, why are you so adamant about sticking to this timeline? Like, uh, what's, what's so important about it outside of being scared of another attack? He says it's important that America sticks to what it says. It's important that America does what it says it's going to do. And in this case, they said the 31st. And so we've got to stick to it because that's what we said. Not we've been attacked, so the deals are off and we're going to go obliterate you. He says we said it, so we got to stick to it. Do what we say as America. Unless, of course, it's being there for our NATO allies, as we told them we would do as we drug them into this war. We left them high and dry. 
the Afghans that have been helping us for 20 years. We told them we'd be by their side. We left them high and dry. But other than that, America, America we got to do what we say. Another important thing I noticed is he had a prepared list of reporters to call on who likely had to have their questions screened so Joe Biden knew exactly what they would be asking so somebody could then prepare the answer for him and practice it with him before he went to the podium. Halfway through that, he stopped calling on the list, and I cannot imagine a realm where this was supposed to happen. Stopped calling from the list and started pointing to reporters in the press pool. Some of them gave moderately weak questions. But the most shocking part was at the end of it, when he called on Fox News' Peter Ducey, who asked him, do you take any responsibility? You keep saying the buck stops with you. The buck stops with you. Do you take responsibility for this? And what did he do? What did Joe Biden say when Peter Ducey reminded him that he's been running around saying the buck stops with him? He blamed Donald Trump. He blamed his predecessor for putting him in this situation. He inherited this, so the buck doesn't stop with him this time. He said, Donald Trump set a May timeline, a May deadline, and he didn't stick to it. So I'm coming in and I'm sticking. We've already made a deal with the Taliban. I'm just following through with it. This would have never happened. Never happened under Donald Trump. Not a friggin' chance. And you can guarantee... If this were Donald Trump's situation, we wouldn't be going anywhere. We'd be staying right there to not only protect our citizens, but to obliterate every one of these terror organizations. But instead, Donald Trump's in Florida while Joe Biden's at Pennsylvania Avenue. I would love to be a fly on the wall at Mar-a-Lago right now to know what Trump is saying about all this. As he not only watched what happened in November, but to know that this is a direct result of what we saw that day. And watching the country that he... Gave up so much for in being running for and being president. All the attacks on his family, all the lawsuits against him, the constant attacks, the accusations of racism, and everything else. All that he went through to watch it all get washed away in eight short months and make America less safe than it's been since most of y'all can remember. We are less safe now than I've ever seen. 
and we've created a monster in the Middle East, and it's costing lives. We're days into this. We've got, what is today? August 26th. We got five more days of getting out of Afghanistan. How many more of these bombs get set off? How many more times is this going to happen between now and next week? Because apparently, the guys that are calling the shots, the generals who Joe Biden claims is suggesting all of these things, they're not doing their job. Our intelligence agencies aren't doing their job. We were told by British intelligence that there was this terror threat. And once we were told that, what did, what did our generals do? Left our guys in the situation. And we lost 12 of them. 12 of them plus plenty more. Joe Biden knows the worst is yet to come. He knows this is bad. You saw him, and, and really shocking to see this, you saw him put his head down on his folder as Peter Ducey pressed him on the question. Does the buck stop with you? He, he was clutching that folder. You could hear him holding that folder. This is a bad, bad situation. Bad situation. There's more on this front. We'll talk more about it. Just make sure if you're watching this video, you add OTL Show on Twitch, twitch.tv, OTL Show. This is where we'll be going live, and if the news warrants and we need to go live again, we'll do it. But the big takeaway, I think, is you need to pray for the families of these loved ones that they lost, and pray for this country. Because we're headed down a dark, destructive path that's only going to get much, much worse. Keep an eye out for what's coming next from over the line. Until then, see you, cuz.